0: My name is Luke Taylor and welcome to the Rambling Ranger podcast episode one. I am joined here today by Ben Dolphin. How are you
1: doing, Ben? Uh, Well, I have a beer in hand finally after a long day working at home in this bizarre situation we find ourselves in. uh, Uh,
0: yeah good thank you no yeah we've just been talking before um the the episode and um we were talking about the the strangeness during these times um with our line of work obviously as a ranger and um working from home of course you've said you've still been trying to get out every day you're quite fortunate where you live but um I'm, I'm, I can imagine there's rangers in places that uh, they don't have that luxury of the hillside or a local green space to get out to. So it must be quite uh, frustrating for them and also obviously the impact that it's having on their jobs. But um, I've obviously known you for quite a while and I already know you. Um, Gosh, going back a couple of years now, um, I worked with you for about a year and a half, I think. 2016, <laughs>
1: Twenty eighteen, you finished up at B Craig. So was it twenty seventeen? It would have been it was
0: two years of apprenticeship, wasn't it? I think two years, yeah. And you've, 2017. you've Yeah, 2017, because you finished up it was about a year and a half, I think, before twenty seventeen you left, didn't you? Yeah. So yeah, it would have been a year a year and a half. And then um you obviously went off and did your own things for uh during that time and I, I stayed with um Whistle Council's Ranger Service. But I I remember distinctively which kind of is one of the reasons I wanted to ask you more of uh, these pin- uh, questions that we'll get to. Um, you were invited along to the uh, Scra Ranger Rendezvous um, in two thousand and eighteen, um, and it was it was quite a surprise to see you as a as a key speaker. But of course, um, you've you've grown your platform and your network for the various things that you do, and but. Honestly, it was the first time, I obviously knew you in a personal manner from working with you, but it was the first time that I got to know the real you as such. Um, can you remember what you talked about at that um, Scra rendezvous?
1: I can, it was um, how we all, I and mean, how I and how all of us get uh, engaged with the outdoors, I suppose, and where that love of the outdoors, where that love of walking comes from, um, and then tracking that through into sort of Uh, Teenage years and adolescence, and how it's well established that all our attention for nature and all that kind of thing falls off a cliff and doesn't really recover until we get much older, into sort of you know fifties and sixties when we've got kids and grandkids. Um, It was all that sort of thing, wasn't it? And about um, the importance of ranger services and how we need to shout more about the work we do. I think that was. yeah, it's all that
0: wasn't it? Yeah I think for the first time for me it was actually I got to find out about the the real you as such I knew you obviously as a colleague at work but um, through that presentation you talked about your journey of becoming a Ranger what really inspired you and for someone like myself um, I think I was about 17-18 at that time um, that someone like yourself is very inspiring to that and um, how about you tell us a bit about yourself to begin with and then we can talk about that um that first impression i suppose and that that inspiration you have of, of being a ranger um alongside everything else that you do okay um well, i'm
1: a ranger currently a ranger with west Lothian council um and i've been there since december on a fixed term contract for a year um and it's kind of a homecoming for me i suppose I, well, I was a seasonal that was my first range job as a seasonal was with the uh, West western council based up at the country park in 2013 um and then i left there in 2018 wasn't it and i did two summers as a seasonal ranger up at for the national trust of scotland at my lodge estate um so that's my working background um the rest of the time I mean, my whole life revolves around the outdoors i guess and if i'm not outdoors I'm indoors writing about being outdoors, it seems. Sometimes it feels like the balance is wrong and I'm spending too much time indoors writing about being outdoors. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's that's kind of me, you know, out, Mr. Outdoors.
0: Mr. Mr. Outdoors.
1: Time when that wasn't the case, although I know it was. Prior to sort of oh, 2010, 2009, it's, it wasn't really like that. It was just hill walking. but. Um, so, yeah, it's, things have changed a wee bit, but it's always been about the
0: outdoors for me, I guess. It, it's what some of those things, so you mentioned you started in 2013 as that was your first seasonal role with Whistle Lincoln Council, was it? And um, yes. that was that was only three years prior to me starting, which is mind-boggling, because yeah, It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> only yeah. three years. It's funny,
1: wasn't it? I mean, it's not that long yeah. ago that, you know, I got into all this line of work, so I'm a, I'm a relative newcomer to this compared to some of the, most of the people that, you and me have met in this line of work you know people have been doing this their whole lives and they knew from really early on what they wanted to do and they've been doing it for decades so I'm, I think mean, I'm, I'm not you know I'm, I'm a wee bit older than you but we've not that much difference in how long we've been doing this to be honest.
0: Hey. To be honest. Yeah, it's it's funny when you put it like that actually, isn't it? Um, I suppose you mentioned about your writing as well, you've got this very, I mean that's what you've built up alongside ranger, rangering is your journalism, and um, the, the way you can write about I suppose what you do speaks a lot of volume in itself, and um, you, you wrote for, was it Walk Highlands for the, was that the first major I suppose writing that you did blogs and articles wise for them, or was there was there more before that? <laughs>
1: I did something. There was a magazine called Scotland Outdoors, um, and I did. They had an online presence so as well. It was a wonderful magazine, really nice, not a really long one. But it was a really nice mag, and uh, they had an online presence. And I remember writing. I think they asked me actually, would they write something? Just uh, it's about the Loman Hills, about where I stay in Fife, um, and it was just a one-off. Didn't get paid for it or anything, but it went on their site and it was well received. Um, and then. So they were well, they the first paid. I think they were the first paid work actually for that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, they asked me in twenty fourteen, I think it was. So I, and that I kept up for five years, maybe. Yeah, so they were the first. They were the first ones to come and ask because you, when you do a blog, you don't really know who's listening, um, who's who's reading. You don't know. You do it because you love it. And uh, yeah, it was they asked me. So it was. It was um, Start yeah, and that and and other things snowballed from there really. So I was very, very grateful to them, I think, and I
0: always will be. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, No, I stumbled across uh, the other day there actually the article. One of your last articles, I think it was your last uh, last year, was uh, what is the role of a ranger? Um, Which content like that for me um, gives me not only an insight into um, how I suppose you can write something and how it then obviously. How how to portray our role really? There's lots of ways you can do it, but um, I suppose your writing style and how you write about it is very precise, but you can still get across your point very well. Um, and obviously through your writing, um, gosh, it would have been just when you finished up with then Council, you uh, you got the honour of something that um you you left us with, and then came back to the council, and then uh, left again. You were the president of the Scottish Ramblers uh, Association, weren't you, for three years.
1: Yes, of uh, of Rambo Scotland, which is um, a year. It's, a, so it's an annual position, but for a maximum of three years, you get elected every year, assuming you don't, you know, get off the rails and do something horrendous. Yes, three year. Yeah, so a three year, three year position, doing promoting health and well being and getting outdoors and you know and access and all the things that tie in so nicely with Range Works. So it was, a, it was a nice fit
0: yeah absolutely it kind of pulled everything together i feel certainly over the last three years it pulled together your writing your work as a ranger and it put you in a position of where you could share to potentially these hillwalkers. walkers they're probably more people that are likely to know about rangers but actually the people a lot of some people as you know that are uh, do these uh, rambles are just ordinary people that want to get out get fit and they might not necessarily know what a ranger is um, it's it's amazing. I quite like looking at the crossovers between our work with other industries, but also organisations. And um, I think Ramblers and yourself is a perfect match and perfect fit. Um, obviously with the new, uh, the new president uh, is one from an island, isn't she? Um, and that again will be a different perspective of her island life. Um, I've been finding out a lot about island life for the first time through the Rural Youth Project. Um, A lot of the young people that I've been meeting have been from uh, some of the Outer Hebrides and some of the smaller isles of Scotland and how life is so much different there but actually a lot of what we do as rangers and I suppose we put a lot back into society and I suppose uh, our influence of getting people outdoors but um, I suppose growing up in towns and cities here it's very much different you get rural but you don't get much rural R than a, an island i feel so your life is always going to be shaped by that and walking out to a beachfront or walking out to the hills um so yeah i think it's it'll be interesting to see where that goes as well but obviously i think you would have one of the most i think impressive things that you did with the ramble, uh, the president position was you you went out and actually made an effort to walk with how many ramblers scripts was it <laughs> Uh, Fifty-four. Fifty-four, all of them, wasn't it? Yes. And how many... Yeah. one of them was from an isle of course, it was the last one you went and did, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, Butte. Butte. Um, yes, which I, I saved till last because it seemed like a silly romantic thing to do, finishing with that right at the end. Um, Would, you
0: no, I, I, Would you say that was your
1: favourite?
0: Would you say that was your favourite one? or?
1: I do like, I do like well, you oh, can't corner me for any particular walk. that's been I mean, that's the you know the joy of the position was actually getting out and seeing parts of the country that I'd never seen before. Um, I've been to Butte before, but where they took me on sort of the west side of the island, it's a you know the people say of Arran, it's Scotland in miniature. But uh, as it, as with most islands in this part of the world, it's got a west coast and you've got an east coast, and one of them's wetter. Windier than the other, and it's like that. It's like Scotland in miniature. The West Side of Butte it's a beautiful place, beautiful. Say. <laughs> um, but a real, a real surprise. Um, yeah. So my favourite one, not I don't, I don't have any favourites. I have more ones that linger in the mind because of either the group dynamic, where it, where it was um, people of all ages on the walk from every single decade you can imagine. From you know someone who was, I think she was eleven. I don't wow. know, someone in a 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, all in one walk in Perth.
0: That's Um, what it's like.
1: the memory, more than actual uh, having a favourite walks just because I don't, you know, having that dynamic of all different ages and abilities and backgrounds on a walk together, getting on without any uh, prejudice or preconceived notions about who should walk with who, that's really nice. That's why those are more the things I remember, I think.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's one of the I suppose the joys of the Ramblers. I'm I've never I'd I've been on a Rambler's Walk, but I think it's one of those um associations, groups of people, organisations that I think people should be made more aware of, certainly for Scotland. And I think we all see that after after this. I mean, we're already starting to see people during lockdown uh, flock to their local green spaces, their local places. Um and after that, potentially them actually wanting to explore more of their own country, I suppose, because we're going to have to, I feel, do a lot more of it Um, after this, um, not being able to obviously holiday abroad, I suspect straight away and all that sort of thing. Um, But no.
1: Well, there were quite, uh, there's, there's, a, there's quite a few links with ranger services in Ramblers Scotland as well. And there's uh, quite a few of them. I went out walking with East Lothian, Ramblers and Hillwalkers, and they, uh, they've got, they've they do volunteer access work in East Lothian for the Ranger Service there, sort of monitoring some of the paths. Down in Glasgow, there's a few groups who've been very proactive in establishing what's called Magnificent Eleven, which is a new walk around the south side of Glasgow. It takes in all the green spaces and some of the high points by Catlin Um And they've been working with the Ranger Service there a lot. So there's these wonderful linkings with people, with these organisations who've got similar similar goals i suppose you know the health well-being access um, and yeah so it is a it's it's nice when all these organizations come together with the you know in the same in the same the same objectives
0: yeah no absolutely um obviously access being a big one we don't we obviously want to, don't want to talk about that because we can be on forever but um yeah the, actually the help helping hand that people are already getting out there and walking can do far more of it unfortunately than the few rangers that we've we've got left in scotland uh, the amount of land that we can cover in comparison to these large groups of people and whilst they they can do it whenever they like and enjoy it and it's it's good that we've got that feedback i think But um, what made you want to become a ranger in the first place then? Um, yeah, it's funny as well because I didn't quite realise. I mean, you are quite new to being a ranger as such, even well less so than myself. But um, there's not that many years apart.
1: Yeah, it's not even seven years. (laughs) Um, I was I was trying to think actually because I I was trying to think when I first became aware of the profession, just being aware of rangers.
0: That, it's, um, it's a I, difficult I one.
1: That, that, maybe when I was younger, that Yogi Bear, <laughs> you know, what, like, Ranger, I forget what his name was, but the Ranger from Yogi Bear, you know, it's that very, it's that North American ideal of what a park ranger is. So I was aware of that. And I think getting into hill walking in Scotland after 2003, I, I, I would have come into contact with ranger centres, but I, I don't remember being aware of them. The, 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 I think, except in the Pentlands, maybe Flosston, There's the Ranger Centre. The Ranger Hut was always there. I think I went in there a couple of times. Um, I, I think that's that's the only recollection I have from really early. But then, going to up to Assin in 2006, and going to a little place, beautiful little place called Clack Toll, um, and that's got a, a Ranger Hut, and it is just a hut. <laughs> I remember seeing that and thinking, I mean, I wanted I. I if I had the choice, i would moved up to Aston in, in, in a shop. That's where I really like to be. So I think I saw that and thought it's an outdoorsy job. I, you know, I, I don't really know what it involves, but I wish I was doing that here. I think that's the first time that little seed was planted. Right. Okay. Um, but beyond that, it was the following year, I think, two thousand and seven, when I encountered a voluntary ranger of the Penland Hills Regional Park the Penland Hills Ranger Service. <laughs> <laughs> um, and had a really long chat with him. I can't remember his name, um, but he just told me how they went off patrolling, and they essentially got to walk, but do some good and give something back. Um, and because I did loads of hill walking, and was essentially trampling other people's paths, and not really giving anything back, so that was that was that was the turning point. Because he was so inspiring talking to him that that's what motivated me to actually apply and join the voluntary service in the Penman Hills. I think that's where it all started.
0: It was it was probably a seasonal as well, which is quite ironic, isn't it?
1: It was a seasonal. No, it's all volunteers. Oh. It was voluntary rangers. Yeah, it was voluntary rangers. I think there was 30 or 40 people. Um, and the deal was that you walked... I think it wanted you to do maybe four patrols a year. Right. Which is nothing, really. But people have got busy lives. And before you know it, it's a year's gone. You've maybe done three... So, but I, you know, I was so keen. I would, I would have taken every shift I could. So I was out a lot. Um, But yeah, it's all
0: volunteers. volunteers. All volunteers. No, it's That's interesting because there is a huge mix-up. So as we know here in Scotland, we're just uh, we just have over two hundred and eighty, I think, rangers, which is almost half as you talked about in your article um, of what we what we used to have. And um, as a result of that, we've had to bring on well a lot more, I suppose, seasonal work, but also a lot more volunteers. And um, it's it's looking at I suppose where we are going to be in the future as as rangers in Scotland and how are these um how are these volunteer groups how are these seasonals going to have an influence on the the role of a ranger and uh, obviously the what we are doing already be that access healthcare um. Even just the educational side of it as well. I feel like there's a huge uh, lot more of things that we could be doing with schools, but we're under so many constraints that from what everything else that we do that that schools aren't able to reach out as they used to. But um, obviously that's that's a whole different other uh, topic.
1: Especially now, Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, it's, this is this next question is an interesting one because to be honest, when I f- when I first decided that I wanted to do this podcast and this episode with yourself, of course, I didn't know if I wanted to bring in the idea of lockdown and coronavirus and everything else. But I felt, I mean, you have to, don't you? Um, there's so many other similar um, podcasts, channels, social media. I mean, it's no matter what you do, I feel like it's, it's going to have an effect on our future. And I think there's no better other question than where do you see the future of Rangers in Scotland, but also how do you, I suppose, see the effects that coronavirus will have on us after uh, after lockdown?
1: Um, well, taking the second bit of that first, um, I know we're, you know we're all being asked to stay local and people are discovering... A locality in a way they've never done before I mean uh, it's noticed in West Logan people are not being able to go to the country parks there's lots of people who that and that's what country parks are for they're, they're, they're a bit of the countryside accessible uh, managed to a greater extent than most other places in the countryside where you feel safe um, you kind of know how it all works and it's it's easy. You just go. You know you can walk your dog. You can take your kids. You can you know go on a climbing frame. You can mountain bike. You can do all these things in country parks. And now people are finding that they can't do that, and they're, they're discovering their local paths and the local networks. And it's funny. I I had to drive through to West Asia and pick up my computer not so long ago to to work from home. And the number of people I've never seen so many people out walking. And people are walking on A roads in you know, places you never see people walking because they've got no choice. People aren't well, supposed to drive to various places and you see people walking everywhere. Um, so there's more people discovering places they didn't know existed and that's bringing its own pressures in terms of just how busy places are in terms of paths getting used a lot, different user groups coming up against each other. Um, it's and I'm Not going to go so far as to say it's like the Wild West out there, but it's <laughs> it is like a whole new covering the places that they didn't really know were there, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's quite it's a difficult time in terms of knowing how it's all going to land um, and whether the people who are finding these places will they still use these places now? Are so the other places going to get busier or some get quieter? Um, is a displacement in terms of where people are going? Um, it's really interesting. I don't think anyone knows, um, but yeah, people are discovering new places. So, what that means for us in the long run? Um, not really sure. But before all this started, uh, you know, being asked this question over the last year or so, um, or back in twenty eighteen when
0: yeah. we did the scruff thing, yep. the borders. Um, it, you know, tourism was just getting
1: bigger and bigger and bigger, and the, the sort of global awareness of. Climate change, and, how, and you know, biodiversity crisis, all these things were, were, were gaining more and more traction. And you, you just felt that it was, it was winning for the argument for the presence of rangers. And you, you could see, even if there might not be the money, you could see the need for us. Um, if nothing else, there was a growing need, more people accessing the outdoors, a thirst for knowledge greater than ever before, and a, and a greater awareness of what the problems are in the environment and access to our sources. Sort of so that was it was. It, it, I was quite optimistic. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just don't
0: know how this is all gonna. I mean, it's um, yeah. It's it's a really it's a really difficult thing to think about. I think, as Rangers in Scotland, we kind of we're starting to almost pull it together over the last little bit either last few months year and we had big plans this year through the scottish rangers association to buckle down after the the petition we obviously had out for the the, a framework of some sort to protect rangers in scotland um and obviously everything like that's going to be put on halt for the foreseeable future the the obviously the petitions came to an end but i suppose the aftermath what we actually do with ourselves and the, the the data that and the figures that we bring together to show evidence of our value and then um, we obviously we're going to have our second rendezvous that I've been to anyway and uh, I'm sure you would have probably chipped in at some point as well in November which would have been two years gosh since the last time Um. so no it's, it's interesting I think you you certainly with the local aspect it's really interesting to see from a, from a local authority point of view So obviously both of us have experienced Both being first Our season, uh, first ranger role that we ever had Was with a local authority And you're quite right about those Country parks aspect of um, Country parks are um, In some aspect more, Better managed because of the um, the amount of staff that they've got to other organisations and other places across Scotland. And um, from a local aspect as well, I mean, when I first started ranging, it was a surprise to find out that my local hill that's on my doorstep is looked after by the rangers. It's managed, it's owned by the council, managed by the ranger service. And th- even over the last few years, seeing things like waymark trails and finger posts and everything be put in. And it's that link that someone that just... An ordinary person won't realize and doesn't notice so whether uh, kind or
1: of, not that's kind of the thing isn't it that's what you know we, when we're talking about a couple of years ago was we need to, need to shout louder about what we do um absolutely know there's a need you know, greater than ever but it's getting that message out there I, I had it at just uh just before lockdown i was at a site in west Lothian. um Clearing drains from a path, you know, clearing clearing cross drains of you know lots of wet weather and cutting back room and gorse and all that sort of stuff and like, picking up litter, all the stuff you do. Um, and some of this lovely family came past and just asked, uh, "Oh, we didn't know who was after this. They didn't even know it was council." Yeah, you know, <laughs> let alone Rangers. So it's really nice to be there, the badge, and say, you "No, know, no, you know, this is who you know." It's, it's West Logan Council looks after this and we're here this often and, you know, if you've got any problems, this is your contact. And and you felt that they left better informed um, and maybe more appreciative of what, you know, the services that they're getting. So it's, yeah, we, I, we could do more. We always do more about getting that message out that we exist, that we're here.
0: No, I think that's, that's a really good point. And I, I think it's certainly, yeah, it's it's for us just now, it's, it's a good place to end on as um, I think for Rangers in the future, we need to, during this lockdown and afterwards, raise our raise the awareness and raise the knowledge and the profile of what we actually do, because uh, the general outcome of, of what the government decides to do afterwards with funding and whatnot will have a real impact on us here in Scotland. Um. Well, thank you. I'm conscious of time and we have been running on a bit, and there's so many other questions I'd like to ask you. So, as my first guest, I'm sure you won't be my last, uh, even maybe perhaps a regular guest and amongst your busy other things. Um, but have you got any questions for me that you'd like to ask?
1: Ah,
0: uh, where's your hat? Where's my hat? That's a good question. We missed out the yeah, first. Never... <laughs> we missed
1: ever seen you without
0: a hat in <laughs> i don't know how many years so as as everyone that knows me uh my signature is my my beanie hat i suppose i've i've carried it on from when i first started rangering and during my teenage years and it's it's kind of became my staple hasn't it my my own logo um so yeah funnily enough with my first question was going to be your first impressions of me but um clearly that was my your first impressions of me as a teenager with a hat
1: Yeah yeah you probably did i imagine you must have had a hat on i, I, I did yes
0: <laughs> which is why it's quite ironic not to have one on now but um yeah no um, actually,
1: the only the only other thing i'd ask is because uh, i remember my that first season it was only three months initially um and for the first actually, all the time as a seasonal i, I always kept wondering you know, i was being amazed i couldn't believe i was getting paid to do this job because it was just a joy you know every aspect of it was always so you think you know I because i've volunteered doing all that for a long time but then you're suddenly getting paid for doing it i just wondered if you had that same thing you know when you were doing your apprenticeship and other other things you've done since then do you get that same thing of thinking i can't believe i'm getting paid to do this you know I, this is just this is just pleasurable for me
0: i uh, yeah no absolutely i had a huge realization i suppose throughout my apprenticeship when i first started i didn't know what a ranger was or what we did and it was really difficult explaining it to friends that oh what does a ranger do well i go out explore the country city park i let her pick i do these odd jobs and it didn't really accumulate too much in my mind of what i was actually doing the impact that i was having as a ranger and as you kind of discussed giving back and actually uh, over the years and me growing in confidence and growing in the role um and the experience that I had, being able to deliver on education groups, public walks, things like that. Um I was starting to see the kind of key things that we are actually and the effect that we're having on people, be that the healthcare factors, the education factor, the the access factor, all all these quite big things that are for some people jobs in themselves. I mean, be that healthcare, primary school teachers and we as rangers were doing lots of lots of that just within one, one kind of umbrella and um, yeah it made me then realize yeah this and this should be a paid job like I, I'm being paid for what I do and um, I know what I do um, and it's one of the reasons why now I feel like going forward being a ranger it's it's I'm always looking at what impact I'm having even within my own role what impact am I having as a ranger what impact what uh, what am I giving to the organisation or the ranger service that I'm working for etc cetera, etc cetera, which can be quite difficult as a seasonal as you know I mean I've just had a, quite a contrast with working with West Lothian Council over the last few years building a responsibility, confidence and everything else. And then it's not a step back going into a seasonal position after that, but um you've got less responsibility because there's other people that are in full time roles and that they're they're working and that's, they're not they're doing they're managing more, I think is the best way to put it. They've they've got more things to cover, whereas the seasonals have a lot less, but have still as important things. So it's just trying to keep in the back of the mind every time you're out on a patrol actually what is the meaning and value of that patrol you're not just out for a walk you're out for so many more things well that's because it's the question we get isn't it you know what does
1: from the public what does a ranger actually do that's the question we all get and uh and, and like you said not long you know you did a couple of minutes ago you said you know i'm, I'm out you tell your friends you're litter picking your patrol in the park because those are the things that come to mind but when you start listing what we do do
0: absolutely impressive. yeah impressive. yeah
1: is an actual job, so uh, yeah, so We just need
0: to try and remember it more. Remember it more, yeah, and make it the first thing in, in our minds when people ask rather than the last thing. Um, but no. <laughs>
1: Unfallible flip chart when people stop you and "Well, wow, just I'll show you." And
0: sort of open it up. I think it's it's what we need. Or one of those walking billboard things with what a ranger does on it. Uh, that would certainly, <laughs> so it would certainly. help you lose weight. But anyway, no. Um, thank you. Uh, it's been it's been great to talk to you. Um, and where can people find out more about you if they'd like to? Uh
1: well, I have my blog i guess uh ben environment environment with a p on the front
0: you know it's more than what you make out it to be
1: the social media nightmare that i've created for myself <laughs> so yeah twitter twitter is countryside ben all one word uh on facebook environment and on uh, youtube as well environment blog on there
0: brilliant yeah uh, be, be certainly be sure to check you out and i know i Casually fall in the background. I feel like one of those weird stalkers, but you, you know, you know it rather than being, uh, <laughs> than not being known. Um, but I'll, I'll let you get away anyway, Ben. Um, and yeah, have um, just yeah keep me updated with how how things are going with the council and um, and lockdown as such.
1: Yeah, we'll see when we come out the other end. <laughs> it's a great
0: way to finish. Anyway, catch you later, Ben.
1: Thanks, Luke.